It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Carl Blaylock. Hi, hello, hello, hello. It's from the WATH studios at the end of Columbus Road. It is the Sports Fan here on WATH. We got a pretty big show today. Let's see what we're we talking about. We're talking about the Reds, first of all. Reds play the Brewers up in Milwaukee. Uh, they're going to see if they can keep winning series. They won the series against Miami. They actually are were a, on a four-game win streak before losing Wednesday night. Then we're going to talk with Michael Roth about OU basketball. Roth is our resident basketball scout. Uh, we'll talk with him about what he saw out of the OU's basketball trip into Spain. And finally, we're going to talk NFL, talk a little bit of the Hall of Fame game last night. And we'll talk actually both types of football as we'll go across the pond with Ethan Sargent and talk about uh, the EPL over there. And so I, I got to ask, guys. So first, Ethan, I, I know yours. Uh, but who, who is your favorite EPL team for the people out there, you know, the English Premier League team? Who's your favorite soccer team for the people who might not know? Well, for, uh, for me, I've, I've said it a couple times on the show. Um, uh, some fans may know, some may not. I'm a, I'm a Liverpool FC fan. Uh, Scouse bred, I guess, can't say born. Um, but, no, my, got it, got it from the dad, uh, and yeah, no, Liverpool play tomorrow, 7.30, bright and early start for, I mean, for Premier League fans, this is not news. Uh, you know, we've been waking up early, at least we're not on the West Coast, where they sometimes have those 4.30 a.m. starts, which Liverpool fans over there will have to deal with tomorrow. So, Michael Roth, I know you're a fan of a Premier League team. Lay it on us. Yeah, you know, I'm a very casual Tottenham fan, but when, when things are going good, I like to talk about me being a Tottenham fan, and if things are going bad... I, I don't really talk about it to anybody. So, you know, last year, you know, they ended it on a really strong foot, stole that fourth-place position with a couple impressive wins in the season, including a big North London derby, um, made some smart acquisitions. I think this transfer window, you know, spending a little bit of money, getting Ivan Perisic on a free. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, hopes are pretty high in the blue part of North London. I, I wish that hopes were as high in the blue part of Liverpool. Uh, I'm an Everton fan, and they're going to get relegated this year. Uh, let's talk about another team that is not very good. And thank goodness they do not have relegation in the MLB. Otherwise, the red season, yeah, they would have been fighting for the edge. I guess we can't really say that because they are almost third into the NL Central. But the Reds, they have a weekend series against the Brewers. Game starts at... Uh, 8 10 tonight actually I believe 8 30 uh, we have a joint time of 8 here on W A T H but uh, it, it's an interesting pitching matchup they brought the Reds are bringing uh, calling up Robert Duggar to give a start for tonight kind of a spot start I think they, though, I mean I believe this is a spot where Tyler Molly would have started if he wasn't shipped off to Minnesota uh, so First, Neil, not Ethan, you haven't been on the show since the trade deadline. What do you think of the trade deadline deals by the Reds and then obviously by your Yankees? Um, I actually am a huge fan of what the Reds did. I think they, they conducted themselves in about the best way they could have. When you think about where the Reds are right now, obviously just a, a miserable start, 3-22. and 22. Um, But since then, you know, they played decent baseball. But at this point, you know, you're not making the playoffs. Right. The Reds Reds know that they are not getting to October. Right. So they take advantage. Right. They've got a guy in Brandon Drury who played very good baseball on a, you know, kind of like a fling sort of contract. And, you know, the Reds picked him up and he played good baseball and then they shipped him off to San Diego and they got some good prospects back. Um, Molly, they shipped him off, got more prospects back, um, you know, and then the, the big two was uh, was Castillo, of course. He did end up going not to my Yankees, but to the Seattle Mariners. Um, but, you know, they got um, two of the Mariners' top five prospects in the deal plus more. 
Um, I really, like I said, when we, when we and Carl had that one conversation about two or, th I think it was three or four days before the trade deadline where we kind of talked trade stipulations between Reds and Yankees and how that would go, I think the Reds won in that, you know, the Reds drove the hard bargain and they, they got someone to bite. And look, I think it's a trade that's going to work out for both teams because Seattle needs the help now, right? They need the starting pitching to go on a, you know, try and make the playoffs for the first time in 22 years. And the, the Reds, you know, they're just prospect hoarding. They've got a ton of really good guys in the minors now. You think of guys like Eli De La Cruz, who could be major league stars in just a few years. So I, I really like what the Reds did. Um, and then for the Yankees, obviously, with not getting Luis Castillo, they turned their attention to probably the second best guy on the market in Frankie Montas, and they were able to pick him up in a deal that included a guy we mentioned that could potentially end up in Cincinnati and Ken Waldachuk. He ended up heading to Oakland in that deal along with a couple other Yankees prospects. But the Yankees did not give up Anthony Volpe. They did not give up Jason Dominguez. They did not give up Oswald Pereza like I thought they might. Um, but, the, uh, you know, I thought it was decent business. I, I was a little bit surprised by them giving up Jordan Montgomery. I won't lie. Um, Apparently there was some there was some rumblings that they were trying to spin a trade for Pablo Lopez of the Marlins uh, that apparently fell through. Um, but you know I, I think that they're still very well set up. And while they've been you know they've been a mortal team over the past month, I think they'll be they'll be just fine. And as long as they can keep it up and you know win the division, and we'll we'll see what happens in October. Well, we'll ta let's talk about the division here as we look at the. Uh Look at the standings. Let's start out with the Central. And tonight, this is a big game for the Brewers. The Brewers come in on a four-game losing streak. They had a four-game lead over the Cardinals, actually, coming into the weekend or coming into the week, but it's crumbled. The Cardinals have won four straight. The Brewers have lost four straight in that four-game lead. Now, both teams sit even at 57 and 48, while the Pirates, Reds, and Cubs all squabble for third place, so they can say, hey. We're not the worst team in the NL Central, even though both, I, I believe we might see an NL Central that has, they will, there will definitely be three plus 90, or three 90 plus lost teams. I think there could be two 100 lost teams, if not three out of the NL Central. The NL Central is not looking that good this year, but the Brewers, this is a really big game for them. They've got to win this series against a, a Reds club that, I mean, it's it's hobbled. They traded away their best hitter. Their batting leaders, I mean, you look at ESPN's got their batting leaders, Brandon Drury, Brandon Drury, Brandon Drury. Well, there's a slight problem with that. He's down in San Diego hitting grand slams down there. Uh, so that's going to be a little bit of a problem for the Reds. They're not going to, they're a little bit hobbled. They're not going to have everybody i mean let's see they've got the lineup tonight india's back senzel farmer Vado, solano aquino is back and aquino's looked a little bit better since uh spending about two months in triple a albert omora jr uh jose barreo is up again uh, it will it'll be interesting to see how he plays this year so far he went over three on wednesday night and then mike paparisky uh, Big Poppy, as some Cincinnati sports writers call him. Not that one, the other one. Uh, is rounding out the lineup for the Reds. Roth, what, what do you think of the Reds so far with what, what, they're, what they can do tonight with that lineup? Yeah, you know, um, the Reds obviously have um, a, a bit of a different team than they had even starting the season with some of the trades that they made. Um, but this is a, a Reds lineup that can kind of play spoiler uh, in the NL Central. It seems like it's basically down to the Cardinals and the Brewers right now. So if you're a Reds fan, really, you just got to figure out uh, who do you dislike less between the Cardinals and the Brewers. Um, so then whoever you want to win the division, hopefully you steal games from the other opponent. And then um, whoever you don't want to win the division, um, just try and do your best against them because the Reds, uh, obviously draft position, uh, it's important in the MLB, but it's not like quite tanking in the NBA or like tanking in the NFL to get a quarterback. So I think about the Reds, it's just about being patient and trying to find a couple of young guys who you can have be a part of your core when the Reds are hopefully competitive again in maybe two seasons. 
Let's talk about the Reds pitcher tonight, Robert Duggar. He's been called up from AAA, Louisville. Uh, so far this year, he is 2-3, and three, 4.30 ERA, 15 games, 12 starts. He's pitched 58 and two-thirds innings, 45 strikeouts, and has a whip of one and a third. That's not exactly uh, something you'll expect much out of. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with Duggar. Uh, I think we picked him up off the waiver wire during the season. He was in, uh, I believe, Durham and AAA. I'm not sure whose affiliate that is, but uh, he, he's never. He's a 4.17 ERA guy in the uh, in the minors. So I don't expect too much out of the Reds pitching tonight. Let's look at some other races in the MLB. Uh, I think the AL East, oh, you know what? It's a little bit closer now. I will say the Toronto Blue Jays are sneaking a little bit closer. I, I, don't, think, I don't think Ethan's Yankees will blow a 10-and-a-half game lead at this point, but we'll see. And You know what team that has really fallen off and has not been the same since the All-Star break has been the Boston Red Sox. And to me, that's been a little bit surprising. I mean, you knew the Red Sox were kind of not that team this year, but you still figured they'd be able to, oh, stay about a little bit above 500. I'd say finish at about 85 or so. Yeah, no, and with the Red Sox, right, they reminded me a lot of what I saw to the Yankees last year. The Yankees had a terrible start in 2021. So did the Red Sox. Red Sox, I believe, only won six of their first 24 games. Um, and obviously, you know, they brought it back. They had a really good month of June. Um, but really, since that hot month of June where, they, you know, the Yankees were just as hot, they didn't really gain much ground, yeah, you're right. They've fallen off a cliff. I mean, they're sitting fifth in the division right now behind the Orioles, who just sold two of their best players at the deadline. And, I mean, the re- they, they, they also didn't really seem to know what they wanted to do with themselves at the deadline. Yeah, that was something that was really confusing because you trade away, you trade away your all-star catcher in Christian and Vasquez, but then you still buy. You buy Eric Hosmer for pretty much nothing. I'm pretty sure they gave prospects back to San Diego for Hosmer. And Hosmer I know doesn't they, have a good contract. As a, I, I know. Yeah. But I... He should. He should. They shouldn't be sending for eating a bad contract. You shouldn't be sending prospects back to San Diego for that, and then taking Tommy Pham as well from the Reds for prospects. What do you? Why? Why do you need Tommy Pham? Why do you need Tommy Pham on a team that is currently sitting below 500 and last in the AL East? It's all a bit befuddling, Carl. It all. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense personally. Um, there was one thing I also wanted to mention. Going back as a Reds, as somebody who grew up in a household with a Reds fan for a father, I think I can speak for a lot of Reds fans in saying that they hate the Cardinals a lot more than they hate the Brewers. And I, I may be wrong, I, but this is speaking from some personal experience. I, I do think that Reds fans dislike the Cardinals a lot more. Than I would agree with you with that. As a Reds fan, yeah, I, I can. I could stand the Brewers. I'm not huge of the Brewers, but they're definitely the team that I like the most out of the uh, out of the NL Central. If 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 there has to be a team out of the NL Central and it's not the Reds, I'd rather it be the Brewers. Uh, the Cardinals are uh, the team I dislike the most out of the Central. Has to be said, the Pirates. I will forever hold a gl- grudge against Clint Hurdle. I can't tell you why, but I I just I will. He always. Uh, there was a fight pretty much, what, every single time that the uh, Reds and the Pirates like played? They oh, no. Like each other. They hated each other under Clint Hurdle, especially when the Pirates were under Clint Hurdle. It's kind of calmed down since he got fired. But And then I, I also just don't like the Cardinals either, and uh, I don't know if it'll get any better. I, I might be a little bit biased here. I think Yadier Molina, not as good as Salvador Perez. I think Salvador Perez is better than Yadier Molina, and... Ethan's sitting there looking at me like, no. No. <laughs> like, like, you have to, like, I, I get being biased, and I, but, but Yair Molina is the best catcher of this generation. I, I, we, won't, we won't dive too far, too far into that to stay on topic, but Yair Molina is the best catcher of this generation. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Anyways, we got uh, 
the NL West is also kind of a runaway at this point. The Astros are 11 and a half games up on the Mariners. And the Mariners thought they might have a little bit of a chance to uh, catch back up, but they had two series since the All-Star break, and the Astros, I think, they've won five out of six, if not sweeping them all. They dominated both those series. So Astros have the West. Roth, I want to get your opinion on this as you're a Guardians fan. What do you think of the AL Central race as we sit here right now Minnesota is in the lead, but the Guardians one game back and the White Sox two games back. Uh, what do you look for in that race? Yeah, the AL Central is rough. Um, I don't think there's any argument what the worst division in baseball is. Um, I, I think if it wasn't for these AL Central teams all playing each other, you might see all five of these teams being under 500. You know, White Sox one game above, Guardians three games above. Twins five games above. Um, it's just not a great division, to be honest. Um, you know, the Guardians and White Sox are closing in on the Twins. Last 10 games, Guardians and White Sox six and four. Uh, Twins just four and six. Um, Guardians took a loss to the Astros last night in a pretty competitive game. Um, but, you know, this is a Guardian squad that didn't really sell at the deadline, but they also didn't really add anything at the deadline. They're just kind of playing with what they got. A lot of rookies playing this season. Um, wouldn't be surprised if the Guardians kind of fell off at the end of the year. But also the Guardians are, like, tied for the Major League lead in wins in their last at-bat. So this team's got a little bit of fight to them. Um, maybe it's just kind of a special season, and the Guardians just figure out a way to win the AL Central race, which is not the most impressive division to win. But... Um, it's still a division title. It's it it is. Title. And, you know, you win the division title, you make it to the playoffs, and then you're kind of just free-rolling at that point, hoping that maybe some luck happens. You know, winning three out of five games, or, or this season you have to win two out of three and then three out of five, um, you just really never know. So that's that's kind of what the, the Guardians' mindset just has to be. Um, there's nothing lost this season by not making the playoffs, though. So. I think you could see that by the Guardians standing pat on the trade deadline. They they really stood pat. They I think they added what one reliever. Is all you guys added on the trade deadline? Yeah, and it wasn't a major move. But uh, the nice thing about the Guardians, the Guardians have played uh, nine more away games than at home, and the Guardians are a lot better at home than they are away. They're six games above 500 at home, three games below 500 on the road. So getting a couple extra home games here um, should do them wonders. And then also just you got to win your divisional games. You got to beat the Royals. You got to beat the Tigers. You got to beat the White Sox. And you got to beat the Twins more often than you lose to them. Let's look at the uh, National League West, another, an, another division that it doesn't look like it's going to be much of a race, even though San Diego really bulking up with that trade deadline, getting Juan Soto, uh, getting Josh Hader, but I, I don't think they're going to catch the Dodgers. They're 12 and a half games back at the moment. Uh, so, but the Padres are definitely going to be somebody to watch in the wild card round, I believe. And let's look at the NL East because I think the two races, the three races that really have anything to look at anymore, it's mostly the two central divisions just because they're really not that many good teams in those divisions. And then you have the NL East, where it looks like it's going to be a dogfight. And dare I say it, as we turn the page in the August, uh, the Mets might not met this year. They've looked like the better team, and they're up four and a half games over the Braves. They've won the games they need to against Atlanta. They played them quite a few times after the All-Star break, and they've won both those series. It's surprising to see a Mets team with that resolve, they're sitting there at 67-38 and 38 right now in a four-and-a-half game lead in the East. I mean, we, we saw last year a classic Met collapse. Like, they were up eight-and-a-half games in June, and it all fell apart. And this year, they were up, like, I think almost ten games before the Braves went on that, like, 14-game win streak and brought it all back. And, I mean, look, they're, they're playing each other tonight. Uh, they Mets won last night. Uh, Taiwan Walker on the mound tonight for the Mets going up against uh, Anderson, um, Ian Anderson. But, you know, it, it's 
you know, the, the Mets have shown that resolve. They've got the star power. Obviously, Guardians fans will be real familiar with the Mets shortstop, Francisco Lindor. You've got Pete Alonzo. You've got Jeff McNeil in one of the better infields in all of baseball. Um, you know, they've got the star power on the, in, on the mound as well. DeGrom is back. Scherzer's look very good. Um, and then I've loved to make fun of this guy for years. I have made fun of this guy. I've called him Ed Luz Diaz. I've called him all sorts of names. But this year, I can't do that anymore because the guy has been quite possibly the best reliever in all of baseball. So, you know, that they're set up very well. They made some shrewd moves that I liked at the deadline. Um, they, they did some good stuff that I, I really liked. Vogelbach, I think, will be a solid pickup. You know, just a, a pow- really all he is is just a power bat. And he he, he that. won the game for him. Uh, yeah. he, he was the difference in the game yesterday for him. Yeah, and, that, and then, you know, obviously the Reds fans, they, they, they picked up Tyler Naquin as well, another Red that left he, the he team. He was the difference in Tuesday's game. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, making, they're making the difference. And, you know, they've, they've got a really solid lineup. When you look top to bottom, there aren't many flaws. And, you know, they're going to be a tough out. I mean, look, it's been a while. It's been a long time coming for Mets fans. You know, they've, they have seen all matter of collapses. How, when was the last time the Mets made the playoffs? Was it, was probably it the World 2015. It was probably when I, they made I the World think, Series in 2015. I think that was the last time they or, made the playoffs. No, they made, I think they made the 2017 uh, wild card game. You might be right. And I, they lost. And they lost that game. I, you're right. And they the 2016 lost the to the Giants. Yeah, and they were and they were home. And the Giants went on to win the World Series that year, I believe. No, no, that was the year no. the Cubs won. Oh no, that was the year the Cubs won. My fault. But um, no, like, going all the way back is that the you know this is a team that is built to succeed in October. And I, I I don't like saying that as a Yankee fan, but they are very very well set up. And I wouldn't be surprised if you know hey the Subway Series World Series is very much a possibility, and it would certainly energize the Major League Baseball world. Well, we'll take a break here. But before that, let's look at our trivia question of the day. And, Roth, I'll ask you if uh, you have any idea what it is. And also the audience, if you want to call in, if you know the answer, 740-592-6646. Here is the trivia question of the day. Who was the first American to win the Premier League title? Roth, you have any idea? I don't know. I think he stumped me right there with that one, Carl. Well, we'll ask Ethan uh, later on in the show if he has any clue who it is. Anyways, it's the Sports Fan on WATH presented by J&K Contracting. We'll be back after the break here. It's the 171st Athens County Fair from Friday, August 5th to Saturday, August 13th. Featuring lots of great food for everybody and rides for the kids to enjoy. And you can't forget about all of the great grandstand events that will be fun for the whole family. Sponsored by Steak and Shake, Larry's Doghouse, Atomic Credit Union, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and Buffalo Wild Wings. So come on down to the Athens County Fair at 286 West Union Street from August 5th to the 13th. The Blue Jackets will be even more exciting this year with the addition of top free agent scorer Johnny Goudreau who can't wait to join his teammates. I've heard so many good things about how close the group is. And that's important to me. You know, you, you want to play with guys who support each other and get along in the locker room and will love playing together. And that was uh, really important to me as well. Come see Johnny and the Blue Jackets this year as they fire the cannon at Nationwide Arena. Single game tickets are on sale now. Get yours by going to bluejackets.com. Athens County cares about you. I'm Micah. Join me Tuesdays and Fridays at 10.06 on Classic Hits 970 AM and 971 FM WATH for discussions about essential information for seniors, such as nutrition, caregiving, mental health, Medicare, and all other relevant topics for seniors in Athens County and the surrounding areas. Athens County Cares, a project of United Seniors of Athens County, Tuesdays and Fridays at 10.06 a.m. on WATH. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. I'm wrong, and I, I'm probably wrong on this. this. Was that a World Cup song? No, I don't, I don't think so. I wasn't. It's, sure. it's got it's got that vibe, though. I'll give you. It does. It I'll does have that, that vibe. Anyways, the Enviendo to the sports fan presented by J and K Contracting. I bless you, or 
curse you with my uh, uh, iffy Spanish, depending on uh, how you feel about that. But anyways, uh, my Spanish, it leads into OU. Over in Spain, the OU basketball team, Jeff Foles and the guys over in Spain, they had a game today. How'd that go today, Roth? Uh, the Bobcats were on the short end of the stick today. They lost to a Spain Select 75-68 to as a part of their three-game Spanish tour uh, that starts in Barcelona. Now, even with the loss, there was, there was a little bit of uh, rejuvenation for one of the Bobcat players who really struggled last year, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, you know, Ben Roderick, uh, a couple three-pointers at the end of the first half. He uh, tied for second on the team in scoring in this game uh, with eight points. So it'll be interesting to see a lot of new additions. Uh, you know, the Bobcats obviously facing the loss of Mark Sears and Ben Vanderplas, who both transferred to high major programs. So it'll be interesting to see which guys kind of step up and also which of the new faces are kind of the team leaders because there's going to be – some new leaders on the team after you lose those two guys and also the graduation of Jason Carter. Uh, what did the starting lineup look like with those holes there between uh, BVP, uh, Mark Sears, and Jason Carter? Yeah, so Jalen Hunter started at the, the point guard position. He's a transfer that the Bobcats got from Old Dominion. He, he really was their main target after Mark Sears entered the transfer portal. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see Hunter playing 32, 35 minutes a night. Uh, Miles Brown was starting at the shooting guard spot. Uh, coaches are really high on Miles. Um, he was one of New York's all-time leading scorers in high school, and now it looks like he's going to get opportunity to really expand his offensive role as he's been kind of key bench piece, like fifth starter on the team uh, for his first couple years here in Athens. Then uh, at the small forward spot, freshman A.J. Brown got the nod. Um, one of the highest rated recruits in Ohio men's basketball history, maybe the highest uh, in the 21st century. Uh, A.J. comes from Orlando Christian Prep, and he's a guy who Bobcat Faithful should really be excited to watch once he gets into the combo. combo. Uh, you know, he's athletic. Uh, he showed he could score on Nike's top EYBL circuit uh, as a going into his senior year. So A.J. Brown's a guy who is going to have a lot of responsibility on his shoulders as a freshman in the MAC, which is pretty unique. A.J. Clayton got the start at power forward. Clayton's a sophomore, uh, but Clayton skipped his senior year of high school to enter college early. He was playing in the MAC last year at age 17. So really, this basically should be A.J. Clayton's freshman year. Um, you know, he's still 18 years old. Um has a lot of upside, was another player who played on the EYBL circuit. Also a local kid uh, from Duncan Falls, Ohio, went to Philo High School right outside of Zanesville. Uh, one of the most talented kids to come out of the southeast Ohio part of the state in the past five, ten years. So AJ, AJ scored uh, eight points today, so good for AJ Clayton. Uh, also, by the way, AJ Brown leading scorer on the team today with ten points. And finally... You might have missed him last year, but he's back. Dwight Wilson, uh, he was a revelation playing next to Jason Preston. Uh, was hurt last year. Uh, wasn't really ever going to be fully healthy last season. Um, so instead of just trying to play the last couple games, still not being 100%, he decided to take a redshirt year. So he's going to be back this season, and that's going to be huge for the Bobcats because um, you know, with the loss of Jason Carter and Ben Vanderplas, it's a lot of size, it's a lot of rebounding that's going out the door. Well, in comes back Dwight Wilson, who's already proven that he can produce in the MAC. He's already got chemistry with all his teammates. Um, and he was working still with the guys last year. He was around the program, talking to them, giving up words of encouragement. Um, just a really solid piece in the locker room, who also, he's going to be the starting center, and he's going to be the guy guarding the other team's top guys, uh, something that the Bobcats kind of missed, especially when they played teams uh, like Kentucky and LSU. They didn't really have somebody who was physical enough and also skilled enough to make an impact. So definitely good to see Dwight Wilson back on the court for Bobcat fans. 
is Wilson going to be the uh, the leader of this team this year? Obviously, the last few years we've had a lot of you know leaders on the court with uh, Jason Preston in 2020, the 2020-2021 season. Last year you had BVP and, uh, well, really all three, BVP, Mark Sears, and Jason Carter. Is he going to really be that veteran presence to kind of build up his younger teammates? Yeah, you know, I think just like last year, I think it's going to be kind of a three-headed committee um, between Dwight, Jalen Hunter, and Miles Brown. Um, Dwight's probably going to be the defensive leader. He's going to be the guy commanding the paint, uh, grabbing a lot of rebounds, contesting shots. Uh, Miles is a guy who made a big impact last year. He's the only one of these guys who played last year on the Bobcats. You know, Dwight was hurt, and Jalen obviously transferring in from Old Dominion. Uh, But your point guard needs to be a leader, and if Jalen Hunter is going to be given the keys to the offense, he's going to need to be a guy that his teammates can look to, and I definitely have faith that he's going to be able to do that. So that that's probably something that the coaching staff is really looking forward to in this Spain trip, seeing how Jalen Hunter starts leading the team because you can go up against your own teammates in practice all the time, but, but it's different when you start playing against people that aren't wearing your practice jerseys. So I definitely think that's something that I'm sure the coaching staff is looking forward to seeing how Jalen Hunter handles being a leader in a new situation. Because with the transfer portal, it's going to be something that a lot of guards are just going to have to figure out. You're going to be out of school one year. You're going to be somewhere else in the next year. And after Mark Sears left, Ohio knew they had to make something happen at the point guard position. You weren't going to be able to find a high school kid in May who was going to be able to play right away. So the Bobcats went out. They got Jalen Hunter with the expectation, and he knows this, that he needs to be a leader. He's going to want to play. And that's probably what sold him on coming to Ohio University, that opportunity to lead what has been one of the best programs in the MAC the past 5, 10, 15 years. And, and finally, obviously, uh, obviously this is one of the first few games they've really played together, but are there any depth pieces that really stuck out to you this game or just uh, out of what you've seen around, out of the coaches, out of the coaches, out of what you've been hearing from the coaches and, you know, what you've seen in the uh, travel ball circuit? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, uh, when teams go on foreign tours, it, it's really all about just players building chemistry. Uh, and maybe you could take a couple things out of guys maybe looking more athletic, guys shooting more three-pointers. Um, but win-loss stuff doesn't always matter. You know, there was a funny story about a guy named Mike Dom. Um, he was an All-American after his junior year, and everybody told him, they were like, hey, you, you got slim down, okay, to be great to go to the NBA, you got to slim down. So Mike Dom went vegan for a couple months. They played in Canada that summer. He, was, he lost like 25 pounds, was vegan for two, three months. Apparently, he did not play well at all in Canada with vegan going skinny. So then, after that Canadian trip where he didn't play very well, he gained 25 pounds back, was All-American again his senior year, and everything was fine. You know, didn't really work out in the NBA. But he was like, hey, this is what works for me. Um, So even if your team kind of struggles uh, in these foreign tours, uh, that's just kind of a perfect example of being like, hey, everything might just be okay. Even if Mike Dom's skinny and not playing too well right now, uh, you know, when winter comes, he's going to get that fur coat back on him and he's going to be okay. So, I mean, it's a loss for the Bobcats. Obviously, you want to win every game you play. Um, but it, it's not something that I think is going to keep any of the coaching staff up at night or it shouldn't keep up any Bobcat fans being nervous about the season. All righty. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. And now let's look once again at our trivia question of the day. And I'll ask it now to Ethan. Uh, who was the first American to win the Premier League title? So I do have this one, actually. Um, it is a new guy. He just won it last year. His name is Zach Steffen. That is correct. He won it. He was backup goalkeeper for Man City. Will be in contention to potentially fly to Qatar in, uh, at the end of this year. We will see. But uh, he just transferred to Middlesbrough in the championship. So he'll be getting some more reps there as he was kind of riding the bench at Man City. But, hey, he's a Premier League champion. He is. He is. He won it in 2020-2021. Uh, he's from Coatesville, Pennsylvania is that's where Zach Steffen is from. I didn't know that. When I looked that up for that question, 
I had absolutely no clue that it hadn't happened until two years ago. There have been plenty of talented Americans that have played in the Premier League, guys that even, you know, the average American might know, like Clint Dempsey, Landon Donovan, Tim, Tim Howard, a big one. Brad Friedel, another very talented American goalkeeper, played for Spurs, played for Aston Villa. Um, you know, there, there is, and then even right now, you've got guys like Christian Pulisic, who, uh, another Pennsylvania native who's playing for Chelsea. A uh, name Americans may want to keep an eye on uh, is a guy by the name of Brendan Aronson. He just transferred to Leeds United, and he, him along with another American, Tyler Adams, also transferred to Leeds United, who are managed by an American, Jesse Marsh. So if you don't have a Premier League team and you're, you know, an America guy, Leeds United might be the team for you. They've got plenty of American talent, but Brendan Aronson is a very talented player, and I expect big things out of him this season. Yeah, we'll, ha we'll have to see. We'll actually talk a little bit about the EPL when we come back. You're listening to The Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters are on the ground covering all of it, bringing you the weather, the traffic, and breaking news, all while entertaining you 24 hours a day. Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns. And that someone is us. We are free radio. We are always there. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 530 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. Ohio is dotted with abandoned oil and gas wells, called orphan wells. The state of Ohio needs your help to locate these wells and manage their risk to the environment. If you think there's an orphan well on your property or in your neighborhood, let the Ohio Department of Natural Resources know. Visit oilandgas.ohiodnr.gov to learn more about orphan wells, to see examples, and report your possible well today. That's oilandgas.ohiodnr.gov. Sponsored by the Ohio Department of Natural Resources, aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Local teams, local opinions, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Sports fan, air on power or WATH is presented by JNK Contracting. Believer, yeah, just like Ted Laszlo, and just like Ted Laszlo, we're going across the pond and talking about the English who's, Premier League. Who's Ted Laszlo? Is, is it's Ted Lasso? It oh dear. Carl hey. added the L for no reason. All right. Hey, I mean it. it, it you know what? I've never watched it, so I'm adding the L for myself, I guess. To remind I actually, myself. I've only watched the first season. I do well, need to get around to watching the rest of it. It was very good. I enjoyed the first season. It's tough to watch it because it's on Apple TV+, Plus, which, I mean, maybe some people will get it. The Reds game's on there tonight. They've got a baseball package on there, uh, you know, but not very many people have that. I mean, I mean, I got it for like a free year when I got a new phone. Yeah, that was the only time I ever had it. But anyways, EPL League started. Premier League, game one was today. Ethan, how did that go? Yeah, I can break down real quick. It was a, uh, it was a nice little start to the Premier League season. Some, some maybe fans who know the Premier League a little bit better may be thinking, why is Premier League starting in August 6th? It's a little earlier than the Premier League would typically start, and that is because, as we've mentioned, the World Cup is happening in December, and November and December of this year. So, um, obviously, the United States will be represented in Qatar. Um, but the Premier League starting a couple weeks early as a result because there's going to be a big long break in the middle of the season. So, it was uh, Arsenal and Crystal Palace today. Um, and Arsenal came out victorious 2-0. Gabriel Martinelli scored in the 20th minute. Really good. It was a corner kick. It was straight out of the, uh, the training ground. Uh, swung across the box. Uh, Alex Alexander Sinchenko, the Ukrainian headed it back across the box, and Martinelli got his head to the rebound and was able to direct it past Palace goalkeeper Victor Guaita to make it 1-0. And then it was a, it was a bit of a lull. Um, Arsenal played very well, I thought. They could have had a couple goals, but also Palace did threaten. Um, Adson Edward had a really good chance at about the 40-minute mark to equalize, but it was a good save by Arsenal keeper Aaron Ramsdale to keep the game level. 
Um, and then eventually the dagger was laid by Bukayo Saka in the 85th minute. His shot was deflected in by Mark Wahey. It ended up being counted as an own goal. Um, so, yeah, Arsenal ran out 2 to nothing winners on the day. Uh, but they looked much better. Uh, you know, if, if you are a fan of the Premier League, you know that Arsenal are a very proud club, um, have won a number of titles, are, the, are one of the most successful teams in England. But as of late, they, they have struggled. They have not won a Premier League title in a, in, a, in a long time. It has been a bit of a struggle for Arsenal over the past five to ten years. But it really does, for, for me, looking at them from an outside perspective, it looks like they're putting the pieces together. Coach Mikel Arteta has really instilled his philosophy upon the team. Um, they brought in some really good signings over the past couple of years. Martin Odegaard from Real Madrid, very talented Norwegian player. Um, Gabriel Jesus, they just picked him up from Manchester City. Premier League fans will be very familiar with him. He was a very good striker for Man City. Arsenal transferred him in. Um, they have a number of other very talented players across the field. And... Um, they got a guy back called, uh, named William Saliba. Uh, he was on loan at Marseille last season, a French club, was French young player of the season in Liga, the French league, and now he comes back, and Arsenal looked a lot better. He calmed them down at the back, which Arsenal have struggled defensively a lot, and you know what? They looked really solid, Carl, and I, I liked what I saw out of Arsenal, and I would expect them uh, to be close to the top, the top four race. Last year, uh, well, actually the last few years in the English Premier League, it's really been a two-dog race between Liverpool and Manchester City. Obviously, you might be a little bit biased being a Liverpool fan, but do you think it's going to be a two-horse race once again between those two well, clubs? Well, no. I, I, when it comes to soccer, I, I can remove the bias just because I, I have like a, a solid perspective on things. And I think that this year, no. But next year very possible. And I may be wrong, right? I, I do think that the gap has closed, right? Liverpool and City have been by far the two best teams in the country pretty much since 2018. Um, of course, City have won three out of the last four Premier League titles, and that, that fourth one was won by Liverpool in 2020. The last two have gone down to the last day, I do believe. Yes, yeah, so 2018-19 so went down to the last day. 2019-20, Liverpool won pretty comfortably. 2020-21, City won comfortably, and then last year also went down to the final day. It was a nail-biter. City were down 2-0. Liverpool were drawing. If Liverpool could have scored, they would have been in possession of the Premier League title, but then City scored three goals in six minutes to snatch the title back and win it on the final day. But going back to the original point, I do think that clubs like Spurs and Arsenal and Chelsea even are, are, are getting there, right? They are... Especially, I, I really like what Spurs and Chelsea do, or Spurs and Arsenal did this summer. Spurs, some as as Roth mentioned earlier, some really solid business. Ivan Perisic on a free transfer. They managed to keep hold of Harry Kane, which might be their best transfer of the summer. He's one of the most proven goal scorers in the entire planet. Um, Hyungmin Son also sticks around. He is their talented Korean winger. He's one of the better players in the Premier League as well. Um, they've got another guy, Dejan Kulisevsky, Swedish midfielder that they just transferred in last January, who's also extremely talented. Um, so th there's a lot of talent there in, uh, on the white half of North London. But now when you look at the red half of North London as well, um, you know, as I just mentioned, a bunch of Arsenal players that just, well, so there's, there's a lot of good and, and positive things happening. Also, Chelsea brought in Raheem Sterling from Manchester City. Um, just today signed Mark Cucarella from Brighton, a young left back who's very talented, very promising. So there's a lot of things, but I do think that the two at the top will stay the two at the top for now. I think Liverpool, Liverpool lost one of their better players in this, this last uh, offseason. Uh, Sadio Mane transferred to Bayern Munich, but they replaced him with a guy who's younger and I think better suited for their system and a guy named Darwin Nunez, Uruguayan striker, who is very talented and will be very good. And then Manchester City... Um, didn't do a ton in the offseason, but they probably had the best transfer of the offseason in bringing in a guy that most casual soccer fans will know by the name of Erling Holland, who's one of the best young talents in the world, just 23 years old. Already he scored, I believe, 87 goals in 82 games at Borussia Dortmund. So 
scary stuff for the Premier League to add a guy like that to a team that already has Kevin De Bruyne and a lot of other talent. So, yeah, I, as I mentioned, I do think Liverpool and City are the two clear best for now, but the pack is beginning to catch up. Uh, let's also really quickly talk about the other football as well, American football. Hall of Fame game was last night up in Canton. Got delayed a little bit. It got delayed by about half an hour uh, before the game actually started. And I don't think anyone told the Jaguars the game actually started. They got rolled. I don't think I've ever seen a preseason game be that much of a blowout. Uh, it was 20 to nothing at the half. The Raiders were up. I think the Raiders ended up winning 27-11. What did you guys think about the game last night, if you guys well, caught it? My, my, I think my first thought is the viewership numbers rolling in today. 5.7 million people tuned in to watch a game where Kyle Sloter and uh, I forgot the Raiders. Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham were starting quarterbacks, right? Kyle Sloter's a guy who I remember from watching the USFL a couple weeks ago. And Jared Stidham, I remember him quarterbacking at Auburn a few years ago, and he had a stint on the Patriots, right? These, these are 5.7 million Americans tuned in to watch practice squad guys. And it, it's impressive that the NFL is that much of a juggernaut. And while the, the, the quality of play on the field wasn't, you know, world class, it was still, you know, it was football. And that, you know, America's missed that. And we'll, we'll obviously, as the next couple of weeks football ramps up, we will see a lot more football. Really quick question for both of you. Uh, one thing I was surprised at watching that game, uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars quarterback, didn't play. Uh, I think he should have played. I think he should get more reps, uh, especially with how raw he looked last year. Uh, what's your guys' thoughts on Lawrence? Should he have played last night? Was he not hurt? I, I thought he missed a game due to an injury. Maybe he did. I, I don't remember them mentioning that on the broadcast, though. I, I don't. I'm not sure if he was hurt, but even if he wasn't, I don't. I don't. Didn't see a reason for him to play. Like I, I, I get you know getting a rep, maybe getting a series or two, but I, you know it, it's preseason, and obviously we're we're running a little low on time, so we won't really be able to dive too deep into this, but. You know, you don't. You, as a quarterback, your number one job is you get the practice reps. And, you know, you just get ready for the season. You, you don't want your quarterback getting hit, taking many sacks, you know, taking any dangerous hits in the preseason or anything like that. You know, maybe a series, but that's it. He doesn't he don't need to suit up for the Hall of Fame game, which is an extra game anyways. Well, we'll see. We'll see how much it affects them once we get into the regular season, which is only about what? It is, uh, I believe. three days away. Yeah. Yeah. It's September 8th. Is Bills versus Rams on Thursday night. How about that? What a game to start the NFL season. It'll be a doozy. When we come back, we'll have our surefire hot picks. You're listening to The Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Your sports leaders in Athens County, 970 WATH and WXTQ Power 105, the flagship station of your Ohio Bobcats and the home of the Athens County Game of the Week. And on 970 WATH, tune in for the Ohio State Buckeyes, Cincinnati Reds, Columbus Blue Jackets, Cincinnati Bengals, and all season long, Athens Bulldog football, basketball, and baseball. Monday through Friday, tune in to the Sports Fan, starting at 6.06, and stay up to date with local sports. Follow us on Twitter at WATHWXTQ Sports. Did you know breast cancer kills 113 people every day? That's unacceptable. African-American women die from breast cancer, nearly 41% more than Caucasian women. That's unacceptable. Breast cancer is the leading cause of all cancer deaths for Hispanic women. Breast cancer is unacceptable. Together with Susan G. Komen, we're committed to reducing U.S. breast cancer deaths by half. And we're going to do it by 2026. Visit Komen.org slash unacceptable. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average oak tree branch can hold 70 pounds. Something you probably do know, your neighbor is building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know, a falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Ask Sherwin-Williams during the summer fun sale, July 29th through August 8th, and get 35% off paints and stains with prices starting at $27.29. That means 35% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And, of course... 
35% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your local Sherwin-Williams store. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. We gotta go quickly here for our surefire hot picks. Let's start out with Michael Roth back there. Roth, what is your surefire hot pick? Uh, Carl, I'm 2-0. I'm going to go with the San Diego Padres, Los Angeles Dodgers, first inning over. You're going to get Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman. All those guys are guaranteed to have an at-bat in the first inning. I'm going to bet that at least one run is scored in the first inning of that game. Get it done quickly. It's a 10 p.m. first pitch. You'll know if you won or lost by 10.30, 10.45. All right, what about you, Ethan? What's your pick? Uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm a soccer guy, so I'll stick with the Premier League. Liverpool minus 380 tomorrow. It, it's, it's, you know, it's a little bit of a soft pick, I guess you could call it, since Liverpool are heavy favorites. But it's the opening day. Mohamed Salah scored in five straight Premier League opening days. Liverpool win comfortably tomorrow. Liverpool minus 380. Who do they play? Liverpool playing against Fulham at home. Fulham just got, uh, Fulham just got, uh, I believe, promoted up to the yes, Premier League. they won the so. championship last season. Yeah, that, that is a, well, that, that's cherry picking. I, I guess to be fair, if you, want, if you want a more specific bet, bet Mohamed Salah scores a goal. My, yeah, mine's probably just as bad cherry picking as well. Uh, I made it known I'm an Everton fan. We're going to get relegated this year. We lost, I, I, already, I already bet on them earlier in the year when they, uh, when they played Minnesota United, and they lost four to nothing. To an MLS team. Uh, uh, that's uh, just a little bit embarrassing. Uh, so I have no expectation when it comes to uh, Everton this year. They play Chelsea tomorrow, or Chelsea on Sunday. That's a you know, nationally televised game. I think you can catch it on uh, USA. I, 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 uh, they don't stand a chance. They don't stand a chance. Chelsea money line on that. I think the... Best odds are that are on Fox Bet minus 143. Yeah, bucket, bucket. That's free money right there. Anyways, that'll wrap it up for the sports fan for this Friday, August 8th. We have another one on Monday the 8th. Or no, is that no? That's Monday. Monday the 8th. We'll have another one here, a half-hour show. I'll be here. Uh, but until then. You're listening to the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting on WATH.